The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Few problems in a marriage cause as much heartache and deep pain as infidelity. Some suggest that there is no way back when your other half has strayed, but is that necessarily true? To talk about how couples might navigate these uncharted waters and perhaps save their marriage, I'm joined by Stephanie Regan, clinical psychotherapist. Stephanie, good morning. Good morning, Pat. Uh, odds on an, a marriage surviving an affair? Well, the, the I suppose all stats are very hard to get in this area, but I, I think the ones we, we kind of operate from, like a, a functional kind of number, would be 30% of relationships and marriages survive um, in a positive way um, uh, an affair. You know, they can get through it. But the truth is, it is the probably the, the biggest threat to any long-term relationship or marriage, and I think we use that we use those words together now. Um, you know, it, it's a huge threat. It's the break of the trust. It's a um, it's it's everything that was um, everything is broken in many senses, and and building back that trust is a huge part of the recovery. And of course, the reasons for it and why it happened and all of that are all part of it. But but just the recovery, we don't all have the people don't all have the same capacity to forgive the capacity to move forward, the capacity to let it go. So a whole range of things come into play here that make it more and more complex for each individual person. Now, why does it happen? Why does it happen? Well, what we know about why it happens, I suppose we would often say that, you know, infidelity is is a function of opportunity. And nowadays, really, the opportunity for infidelity is very much on the increase. We all have heard of the terms like, you know, friends with benefits and all of that. There's, there's, people are a lot freer about sex. Sex can be simply fun. It can be simply just part of a kind of a well-being factor for people. They want to feel good about themselves. They don't take it too seriously all of the time. But obviously, that's a different version when you're within a long-term committed relationship where you're economically, emotionally and family-wise all tied up together. So, so there's many reasons you know, why it happens. But I think opportunity is a big part of it. A lot of the research we know about, let's say just the difference of the motivations between men and women and why men and women cheat, if we want to use that word first. 70% of men who cheat report saying it was simply opportunity. It was a, a low risk, a low cost opportunity for more varied sex. And so I think that's a good working premise. Um, for me. When, when we you know, when we look at research on women, then women tend to cite much more that they are coming from, you know, the, the motivator for the for the affair or the fling or the relationship mm. was about being unhappy, either emotionally or sexually with their partner. Now, do you distinguish between an affair and uh, a fling or say a one night stand? Because, you know, there are countless cases of mm-hmm. women particularly yes. who stick by their man because he's a philanderer, he's off with every mm-hmm. uh, dog and devil, um, but he doesn't get emotionally involved with any of them. Yes, I suppose we, I mean, I keep infidelity in a kind of a broad sense. I think it's a sexual breach. I think you have to, you know, I think sex is part of it. I know we can talk about, you know, financial infidelity and, and emotional infidelity, being close to people and all that. But I suppose we're thinking here around the sexual side. And I think when it comes to an affair, I mean, a one night stand is not an affair, right? But a consistent arrangement for sexual companionship, if you like, is 
you know, moving towards an affair status, if you like, and certainly will be in the in the mind of any woman, I think. You know, the affair may, may not have a lot of emotional connection involved, but we, we kind of assume it as it goes on. So I think that's that's how it becomes viewed as an affair. Now, the whole concept of uh, fidelity, infidelity, uh, I'm wondering mm-hmm. how deeply it's rooted in paternity, the idea that, you know, it's a wise child that knows his own father. Mm-hmm. And of course it is. Um, I mean, a little like funny, we spoke there a week or two ago, myself and yourself, on this similar kind of a, or a tangentially connected topic, and I was saying, we have evolved that way and we have to accept that, that it's it's not going to be something that's going to change quickly. Um, paternity and needing and wanting to know um, the father of our children is how we survived and, and you know, linking, women linking to, to the man who could support them and keep them secure. This is how we have evolved and that's not going to change quickly. But I do think that there are changes, I have to say. I mean, I think that the sexual freedom that people are feeling is in some ways making it feel less premium, if you like, that that people, there can be, there can be deviations at the edge that we can manage. And I would definitely also support that because I think we're in a slightly changing world. And I would always say, you know, if somebody makes a mistake, well, and they feel it's a mistake, you know, it's not it's not something that has to end the marriage it's not something that has to end the relationship there i have worked with couples in many situations where an affair happened because say in, in one instance that comes to my mind where the woman was very unhappy with the level of sort of restrictions she felt in the relationship and it was kind of killing her down you know it was really and it wasn't it wasn't particularly conscious it was a slightly unconscious but but not intended as a destructive or a negative thing and that affair allowed an absolute opening up of that subject and that man in that position who i admired very much for it being able to open his heart to it and realized he had played a part that he needed to sort now that's not it's not always someone else's fault so i'm just giving you that as an example it's often of course for as we said in the male sense sexual variety in the in the woman often it's unhappiness emotionally and all of that mm. but there can also be a gap in the individual self where where the person needs flattery where the person needs newness, needs to be desired, needs to be told they're fabulous and they're gorgeous. And no matter what fabulousness is in that marriage or in that relationship, they will still need the new, the something fresh. That is the that is the personality of the absolute philanderer, if you like, male or female. And and that's a very hard place to find yourself, that you're with somebody for whom you will never be enough, not because you aren't enough, but because they always will need more. That's an important understanding for people. Mm. Um, where do most affairs start? Well, in, in, interestingly, most affairs start at work. At work, the, if you go through the, the stats, it's um, at work, and that doesn't, it's not really surprising, is it? We sp- spend eight hours or in pre-pandemic days, eight hours um, a day with them. The gym is another. Um, uh, social media, little conversations striking up. 
And um, interestingly, and I think some of these stats were, were US-based, but church was another fourth on the list, which I thought was, I don't think that's happening so much nowadays in Ireland anyway, but um, that's at work, the gym and on social media are the one, two, three yeah. now, of a fair beginnings. Um, when you talk about uh, social media, obviously there are dating apps so people can, yes. you know, misrepresent themselves or whatever um, and uh, start an affair without being necessarily truthful to the person with whom they uh, start an affair. Sure. But sometimes they are a front, you know, they'll say, uh, mm-hmm. I'm just looking for this. I'm just looking for that. I am married. But, you know, how about it? Um, but equally, the presence of social media and the presence of smartphones and all that, you're much more likely to get caught these days, I would imagine. Yes, there's that too, that you're out there, I suppose, um, and and people can, can cross-reference. But, you know, the stats on the apps is that, that uh, 30% of people who present as singles on apps are, in fact, 30% of the men and women available are married, which is really just an important thing to understand if you're out there trying to date and genuinely looking for love, which is obviously different. Some people are not looking for love. They are looking for sex. And you just have to be realistic in the way that we always have to be realistic, I think, around relationships. Yeah. Uh, the line is in the digital age it has never been easier to cheat and it's never been more difficult yes. to keep a secret um, now the, the final point is uh, yes. trying to resolve it now whether you know it's going to be the 70% that end up in a fracture or the 30% that end mm-hmm. up staying together um, should they uh, you know face up be honest tell every yes. single detail about the encounters I think truth is important um, it's, if you want, if, if a relationship is to heal, if you can get to the point where you're going to exchange that and really work on, on trying to heal, that's um, truth then becomes important. I think details are torturous and I don't think details really help, like tedious details, certainly sexual details do not help anybody going forward in the future. But what, what people are inclined to do um, um, is to tell enough, just tell what they've been caught out in rather than telling the truth. But if I can roll back slightly to that, I, before that, I would say that people need to hold on their anger because anger is what goes mad here. Uh, you know, anger comes into play and everything gets thrown out the window, including maybe the clothes and the person and all the rest. But I would always encourage people, slow it down. Think about this first. Try and just let the anger pass. Do not talk to your friends about it because because people will say things that maybe confuse you. You really need to learn and rather think about what it is you really want from this relationship. And it's better to do that alone. So let the anger come down a little bit. Maybe engage a therapist. It's a good time to have a good blowout talk with a therapist, maybe if you know one, who can help you just think it through. They have no no skin in the game. They're not on anybody's side. That can be really helpful. Um, And I often encourage people, you know, if if your relationship is really worth it and you really feel that, that you want to save this because, you know, not all relationships are worth saving, you, you then begin to work on the truth and building the trust. That's where you really will need some help of a third outsider, in my view. Stephanie Riggan, clinical psychotherapist, thank you very much for joining us.